All right, the next subject that we want to look at in our introduction to apologetics is that of faith and reason. As we've seen, apologetics is the rational defense of Christianity. It's the project of showing that the Christian religion is reasonable and that the Christian believer is rationally warranted in believing the great truths of the gospel. Now, with all this emphasis on reason, rationality, evidence, argument, you may wonder what place is left for faith. How should we think about the relationship between faith and reason? Well, to answer this question, it will first be necessary to get clear on the meaning of faith. Now, unfortunately, there's just widespread confusion about the nature of faith among believers and unbelievers alike. Many define faith as a kind of raw act of the will divorced from the intellect to believe something apart from reasons, as a kind of blind leap into the dark. Perhaps you've heard a well-meaning Christian say something like this, Christianity is all about faith, or the heart, not about reason, or the head. I don't need evidence, argument, or reasons. I just have faith. Ironically, many believers unknowingly share a, a view of faith that is very common among atheists and skeptics. For example, Richard Dawkins has said, quote, Faith is blind trust in the absence of evidence, even in the teeth of evidence, end quote. The academic... Uh, Atheist George Smith has written, quote, Reason and faith are opposite, two mutually exclusive terms. There is no reconciliation or common ground. Faith is belief without or in spite of reason, end quote. Then there, there's Mark Twain in his characteristic pithy fashion when he says, quote, Faith is believing what you know ain't so, end quote. And then, of course, remember that famous line from the miracle on 34th Street. Faith is believing something when common sense tells you not to. Now, this conception of faith leads to the view that faith and reason are entirely distinct and even at odds with each other. We can call this view of faith and reason the conflict view. According to the conflict view, faith and reason are mutually exclusive. Faith has to do with the will, while reason has to do with the intellect. The conflict view of faith and reason can be captured by a series of contrasting terms. Faith is said to be non-cognitive and irrational, whereas reason is said to be cognitive and rational. Faith has to do with opinions and values on this view, while reason is about truth and facts. Faith is said to be inner and private, according to the conflict view, while reason is said to be outer and public. Faith is about emotions and feelings, where reason is about the intellect and thoughts. Faith is subjective, it's true for me, while reason is said to be objective and true for all. And of course, faith has to do with religion, while reason has to do with science. The understanding of faith that is at work in the conflict view of faith and reason is that of blind faith, also called credulity. Blind faith is said to be blind precisely because it does not involve the light of the intellect. Now, the technical term for the view that faith is blind and exercised independently from reason is called fideism. The conflict view may be the popular understanding of the relationship between faith and reason today, but it represents neither the biblical nor the historically predominant Christian understanding of faith and reason. Despite the widespread confusion over the nature of faith, the historic Christian perspective has never endorsed fideism. Moreover, one cannot find support for the notion of blind faith from a careful reading of Scripture. 
So to get clear on the proper relation between faith and reason, it's necessary to first get clear on the proper understanding of the word faith as it's used in Scripture and as it has been understood by the Christian Church through the ages. So we can distinguish at least three uses of the word faith. First, we can use the faith to refer to a mode or a way of knowing. We can also use faith to refer to a theological virtue. And finally, we can use faith to refer to a body of belief. Now, the third use of the word is familiar, but it's not directly relevant to our question. We can sometimes use the word faith to refer to a religion, the Christian faith, or the Muslim faith, or the Jewish faith, for example. The second use of the word is often utilized by the Bible, and here faith simply means trust. To exercise the virtue of faith is to trust that God will be true to his word and his promises, for example, or to place our trust or faith in the person of Christ and the atoning work he accomplished on our behalf. Now, it's the first use of the word faith that bears directly on our concern here, faith as a mode of knowing or faith as a source of knowledge. This is the meaning of faith that is relevant to the question of faith and reason. Now, as a mode of knowing, faith can simply be defined as believing something based on the authority or testimony of another. Now, seen in this light, faith is not particularly a religious phenomenon but an entirely ordinary and absolutely essential and even inescapable part of human life. We exercise faith in the testimony and authority of other people all the time. For example, we believe doctors when they diagnose diseases. We believe scientists when they tell us about the nature of the physical world. We believe historians when they describe the events of the past. We believe teachers, friends, and parents simply based on their word. And all of these are expressions of a mode of knowing based on faith. And very rarely do we actually attempt to verify the claims of those we consider to be trustworthy witnesses. And this can be an entirely reasonable thing to do. In fact, when you think about it, much of what we consider ourselves to know is based on faith, faith in the testimony of others. Most of what we believe comes to us secondhand, and usually at the end of a long chain of human links. Every one of us must place our trust in external authorities for almost everything that we know. Our knowledge is largely made up from the direct observations, experiences, and experiments of others. For example, I believe that matter is made from atoms, but I've never seen an atom, and I've never examined atomic physics. I believe that the Earth is an average of 93 million miles from the sun, but I've never made the measurement myself. I believe that George Washington was the first president of the United States, but I haven't examined the primary source documents to confirm this. And I believe that energy equals mass times the speed of light squared, but I've never done the calculation myself or any experiments to corroborate it. And I believe that Andorra is a country in Europe, but I've never personally been there. Belief that is based on testimony can be an entirely rational and legitimate mode of knowing. And the principle is this. If the authority or witness in whom we have placed our faith is trustworthy, credible, if we have good reason to believe that they are, in fact, an authority in what they say, then our faith is reasonable. It is rational to trust them. If, on the other hand, the authorities or witnesses in whom we have placed our trust are untrustworthy or not credible, if we have no good reason to trust what they say, or if we have good reason to doubt that they are in authority in what they say, then our faith will be, to that extent, 
unreasonable. It will be irrational to put our faith in them. Whether or not faith is rational or irrational will depend on the reasons we have for thinking that the authority we are believing is trustworthy. The principle is simply this. Credible witnesses make for a reasonable faith. So as a mode of knowing, Christian faith is also belief that's based on testimony, the testimony of Scripture. Christians believe that the Bible is the Word of God, that God is, in, is in some sense, its author and its source. So when the Christian believes what he reads in the Bible, he's believing something that's based on the testimony and authority of God himself. So ultimately, Christians believe what the Bible says because they trust in the authority and testimony of its divine author. Now, of course, showing that Scripture is, in fact, an authoritative and credible witness is itself part of the apologetical task. So Christian faith is not some blind act of the will that's entirely divorced from reason. It is simply belief that is based on credible testimony, which is, of course, a rationally warranted and practically unavoidable way of knowing. So with this understanding of faith as a mode of knowing in hand, let's return to the question of the relationship between faith and reason. We've seen that when faith is understood as blind faith, the relation between faith and reason will be one of conflict, hence the conflict view. However, when faith is properly understood as belief based on testimony, a different relation with reason emerges. In distinction from the conflict view, we can call it the concord view. On the concord view, Faith and reason are not mutually exclusive and conflicting domains, one related to the will and one related to the intellect, but are rather two complementary routes or ways of acquiring knowledge and getting at the truth. Reason here describes that mode or way of knowing derived from what is evident to our senses, where faith, as we've seen, describes that mode or way of knowing derived from testimony and witness. And in the specifically Christian context, this will be the testimony of God in Scripture. So as modes or ways of knowing, both reason and faith are cognitive and involve the intellect. Again, they are different but complementary ways of discovering the truth. Faith and reason are in concord with each other. This concord view of faith and reason has been the standard teaching of the historic church and has an especially clear expression in the thought Thomas Aquinas. For Aquinas, faith and reason do not conflict, but complement each other. Aquinas teaches that most of what we know about God and Christianity comes from the mode of faith. Our knowledge of God comes from God's own self-revelation of himself in Scripture. However, Aquinas also taught that many of the things that we know by the mode of faith can also be known by the mode of reason. He writes, quote, there is a twofold mode of truth in what we profess about God. Some truths about God exceed all the ability of human reason. Such is the truth that God is triune. But there are some truths which the natural reason also is able to reach. Such are that God exists, that he is one, and the like. In fact, such truths about God have been proved demonstrably by the philosophers, guided by the light of natural reason, end quote. Aquinas says that there are some truths revealed to us in the Bible that we can also come to know by the use of human reason alone and entirely apart from the witness of Scripture. 
In fact, he says the philosophers, and here he's referring to the Greeks like Plato and Aristotle, have themselves proved things that are true about God purely by the use of reason. But how does this work? How does reason come to know truths about God apart from what God has revealed in Scripture? Well, Aquinas continues. He says, quote, beginning with sensible things, our intellect is led to the point of knowing about God that he exists and other such characteristics that must be attributed to the first principle. There are consequently some intelligible truths about God that are open to the human reason, end quote. So by, by means of unaided human reason, it is possible, according to Aquinas, to come to know things about God that are also revealed in Scripture and known by the mode of faith. Of course, not everything that has been revealed to us about God in the Bible is open to human reason in this way. There are some things about God that are simply beyond the power of human reason to come to know on its own. Aquinas also writes, quote, Some truths about God exceed all the ability of human reason, truths that absolutely surpass its power, end quote. So there are many things that we can know about God and his ways only through the mode of faith. In order, in order for us to know these things, God had to reveal them to us because they are simply beyond the reach of our reason alone. So returning to the Concord view, let's summarize this classical position of the church on the relation between faith and reason as represented by Aquinas. As we've seen, there are basically two ways that we can come to know things, the mode of reason and the mode of faith. Again, as a mode of knowledge, reason refers to knowledge that's derived from the senses. Now, this includes what we can know by direct perception and induction, including things like the first principles of being, logic, science, math, and so on. Now, according to this classical view of the relationship between faith and reason, there are truths that we can come to know about God, wholly apart from the mode of faith, by the use of our rational capacities reflecting on the natural world. For example, by the use of our natural reason, we can come to know that God exists. We can learn things about God's nature. We can achieve a general understanding of what is good and what is evil. And as many today have argued, we can even make a strong historical argument for the resurrection of Jesus. Of course, these same truths that are available to the light of natural reason have also been revealed to us by God in the testimony of Scripture, which is why there is overlap here in the chart. This means that there are some truths about God that can be known by both the mode of reason and the mode of faith. And again, as a mode of knowledge, faith refers to knowledge that is derived from testimony. And in the Christian context, we mean knowledge derived from the testimony of Scripture in particular. So although there is much that's revealed in Scripture that can also be known by the mode of human reason, there are other things that are beyond the power of human reason to come to know on its own. These truths can be known only by the mode of faith, and had to be revealed to us by God in Scripture. As examples of truths that strictly belong to the mode of faith, we can include the fact that God is triune in his nature, the Trinity, that God the Son became incarnate in Jesus Christ to atone for the sins of humanity, and the knowledge related to the afterlife. Now from this, it follows that it's possible for two different people to believe the same truth about God under two different modes of knowing. The philosopher, for example, can use what is evident to his senses and what is evident to his reason 
and by carefully working from effect to cause, can come to see, by the light of his intellect, that God exists. And because his knowledge is derived from a reflection on sense experience, it will not be from the mode of faith, but from the mode of reason. Someone else may come to believe the very same truth, that God exists, but come to believe it after reading something from the Bible. In this case, the person's belief would be grounded in the mode of faith, since it's based on the testimony of Scripture. In this case, two people will have come to know the same truth, only under different modes of knowledge. Aquinas again explains, quote, It's possible for something that is seen or known scientifically, or through reason, by one individual to be taken on faith by another individual. For instance, we hope to see what we take on faith about the Trinity. This vision is already seen by the angels, and so they see what we take on faith. Similarly, even in the state of the present life, it's possible for something that is seen or known scientifically by one man to be taken on faith by another man who does not know it demonstrably." End quote. Now, what Aquinas says here reinforces the important distinguishing characteristic of faith as a mode of knowing. Faith concerns that which we cannot see for ourselves. Or as the writer of Hebrews says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Having a proper understanding of faith as a mode of knowing is critical if we are to avoid some common misconceptions when it comes to the relationship between faith and reason. There are several important points I think we need to stress here. First, faith is not contrary to reason. Faith is contrary to sight. Again, faith refers to knowledge that is based on external testimony, rather than knowledge which we gain from direct sense experience. Second, believing something in the absence of sight is not the same as believing something in the absence of reason. It is always appropriate and rational to believe something in the absence of sight when that belief is based on testimony that's given by a trustworthy witness. But it's never appropriate or rational to believe something in the absence of reason. We ought never to believe something that is unreasonable. Finally, believing something that is beyond reason is not the same as believing something that is unreasonable. Or believing something that is supra-rational is not the same as believing something that is irrational. Many of the things that we believe as Christians are beyond our, our ability, the ability of our intellects to fully comprehend. I mean, at the end of the day, our finite minds can never fully comprehend the infinite God. Yet it is reasonable uh, for us to believe these things, even if we cannot fully comprehend them for ourselves, as long as we are relying in the testimony of someone who can comprehend them, and who can, therefore, bear witness to them. So, in summary, when properly understood, there simply is no conflict between the notion of faith as knowledge based on testimony and the notion of reason as knowledge based on sense experience. Instead, faith and reason are in concord with one another. Now, this deep harmony between faith and reason is grounded in the fact that God is the author of both the source of faith and the source of reason. Theologians have long recognized that there are two sources of God's revelation of himself to mankind. These are classically referred to as the two books of God's revelation. First, there is what theologians have called the special revelation of God, 
This is what God has revealed about himself in the Bible, classically referred to as the book of Scripture. And as we've seen, the mode of knowledge that is faith is based on the testimony of God himself as revealed in Scripture. Second, there is what theologians have called general revelation, or this is the revelation of God in nature or in creation, classically referred to as the book of nature. Now, the mode of knowledge that is reason is based on what we can know about God by rationally reflecting on the world. Now, since the source of knowledge that we know by the mode of faith and the source of knowledge that we know by the mode of reason come from the same divine author, they will always be in harmony. Now, this means that when each source of knowledge is properly understood and interpreted, they will not be, they cannot be in conflict with one another.